Welcome to the Neon Noise Podcast, your home for learning ways to attract more traffic to your website, generate more leads, convert more leads into customers, and build stronger relationships with your customers. And now, your hosts, Justin Johnson and Ken Franzen. Hey, Neon Noise Nation. Welcome to the Neon Noise Podcast, where we decode marketing and sales topics to help you grow your business. I am Justin, and with me, I have my co-host, Ken. Ken, I hope you are doing well today. How's everything going for you? Now everything's fantastic. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. A little bit of technical difficulties. We're through it. Hopefully nothing else comes up, right? So anywho, I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk to our featured guest today. We have Greta Rose Zagarino. She is the founder of Greta Rose Agency, a full service develop- design and development firm specializing in conceiving, constructing, and managing every aspect of a business's online brand and reputation. She is the author of How to Manage Your Website, a survival guide that provides all of the necessary tools for small business owners to thrive online. Her work has been featured in NBC Nightly News, Oprah.com, Marie TV, Huffington Post, The Skim, TED Talks, and more. A regular guest lecturer at Columbia University Graduate School of Journalism, she is touted an artist, developer slash designer, data hound, web guru, and strategist all in one. She has most recently launched GPS, a membership service for individuals and small business owners serious about learning how to navigate their online reputations. Without further ado, Greta Rose, welcome to Neon Noise. Thank you. Thank you. It sounds like quite the mouthful coming out. (laughs) (laughs) That was a lot. Oh, my Uh, God. Do me a favor, Greta, fill in the blanks on anything that I may have missed and uh, share with us a little bit of detail about your background. Well, first of all, thank you so much for speaking with me today. It's a pleasure to be with both of you. And yeah, my background is really quite odd and strange. I actually, uh, I'm here through long ago, starting in the entertainment industry. I used to I I studied theater and communications and storytelling. I found myself working for Industrial Light and Magic up in San Francisco. So I got to walk by R2-D2 and CP3 every day. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then got the bug, moved down to LA, was working in the industry, the entertainment industry. And when I found that I didn't get an Academy Award by age 30, (laughs) I quote unquote, Retired. <laughs> I am done. <laughs> That's yep. great. And, um, and then I, I went into a uh, nonprofit. And so around, so tell me if this doesn't sound weird. At the end of the, the 1990s, the turn of the century, I three things really important happened. All right. We had Google, Facebook, and WordPress all come into existence. And it just rocked my world. Everything changed. What was possible was suddenly right in your fingertips. You yeah. could reach people that you just never could reach before. So in the world of nonprofit, obviously, you know, we were always looking for ways to save money so that the charitable dollar would go to the cause. And our our marketing, our gosh, you know, we went from door hangers and flyers on windshields and half page ads in magazines, allocating millions of dollars to advertising. Suddenly that line item went to zero Mm. and we were able to empower ourselves and learn 
how to do this. And, and we were incredibly successful. So cut to 2006, I was um, still a nonprofit. We were raising millions of dollars, spending almost nothing, getting almost everything to the charitable causes that we cared about. And then I turned 40. (laughs) (laughs) And when I turned 40, um, for those of you out there who are, are, know what I'm talking about. It's, it's worse than puberty. It's like, yes, just don't tell me what to do. I've got to do this myself. So I decided to create Greta Rose agency just really to find out how good I could be at something it was, and I got a little bit burnt out on nonprofit. I wanted to help. I, I wanted to work in the for-profit sector and to my surprise and dismay, um, I actually found that I had a very unique skill set to help businesses manage their online reputation. There you have it. What a great story. I am a uh, newly new member of the 40 club. <laughs> so I, I completely understand where you're, where you're, where you're coming from. And uh, Justin just had a birthday and he's, he's got uh, about 358 days left until he joins us in the <laughs> over 40 club. So we'll let him enjoy the last stretch of his thirties. Um, Awesome so story. <laughs> yeah, Great. yeah. I, I really do feel like something happens um, where you have this incredible opportunity to see, like, what is your purpose? What are you here for? What are you going to leave behind? How good can you be? And finding the answer to that question is a pretty big adventure. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree. So in Justin's intro, he mentioned the book you you, uh, you wrote, How to Manage Your Own Website. What made you decide to, to write this book and who did you write this book for? That is a great question. Um, you know, so in opening Greta Rose Agency, I had the pleasure of working with businesses, large and small, um, you know, really from small town to large city all around the world. I would create these projects. And initially, this project had a finite beginning, middle, and end. And if you use the analogy of building a very fancy race car, we would have a lot of fun creating the the dream website for this business. And at the end of our project, I would consistently experience the exact same thing, no matter the business. I would hand them the keys to their shiny new website, and they would look at me with horror (laughs) and angst. And be paralyzed by, oh my God, what happens next? What do you mean you're just walking away? What do I do with this thing? And so actually I started feeling pretty guilty, almost like I was doing them a disservice. (laughs) I was building this thing and not teaching them how to drive it. And so I went out looking for a resource. I really didn't want to be liable for their business. I, I did not want to have to stick around. I wanted to give them the tools that they could manage their own business and then walk away. And I couldn't find a resource. I, I could find several books, each one focusing on one aspect of your online business, but nothing that actually tied it all together. And so really I had no choice but to create uh, uh, this book Um, which was truly, you know, it was my message. It was what I knew to be true, which is that you cannot speak about your website without speaking about social media, without understanding your relationship to Google and all applicable search engines within your industry. 
you have to stand in the sweet spot where you're able to navigate the online frontier. And it, it does require time and attention. So the key word is manage. You know, it's one thing to build a website, but it's quite another thing to manage it. So the book was designed to help my clients so that I could give them the resource and then walk away. <laughs> that's that's uh, an awesome reason. So you saw a void in the market, a need for this to be created and uh, almost felt like it was your job to do so. Exactly. I really, like I said, I started to feel guilty this way. Um, you know, technology just moves so dang fast. And it is asking quite a lot of businesses to know how to do this without any instruction. So what I've realized is the void in the marketplace, as I see it, is having a valuable human resource that you can reach out to and ask questions. You know, there is no certificate. There is no degree. You can't really go to school for this stuff because by the time you get the degree, it's all changed anyway. So we need to have an active, ongoing resource where we can get answers to our questions about how to navigate the online frontier. Absolutely. So, Gutterow, tell me, what are some of the mistakes that you see business owners, entrepreneurs, uh, folks that you work with, with websites, what, what are some of the mistakes you see them make both during the initial construction of the site? And then what are some of the mistakes that you see them make after the site is live and launched? That is a great question. I'm so glad you're asking it. Um, I'd say the biggest mistake I see is that people, businesses see their website as a line item to check off. And once they check it off, they think that it's quote unquote done. Your website is an actual tool to be used. So building the website is really just the very first step. And the greatest mistake is not understanding the value that it can have on your business. So I like to use the analogy that your website is no different than a brick and mortar. In fact, it really is an online brick and mortar store. Sure. And the analogy, I mean, we can go on and on about this, but truly, you know, if you had a, a brick and mortar and you built it and you, you launched it, you would know that that's really just the beginning of your journey. You're going to be there. You're going to welcome your guests. You're going to want to make sure that they get their needs met. You know that there's a transaction that can occur there. You might care deeply about the, the front end. Maybe it has a display window. Maybe you offer, you know, cookies and cider and you ask them, is there anything I can help you with? Take a look around. I'm here if you need me. These all apply to how we manage our website. Your website um, is something that once it is built, then you want to actually say, how will this further my, my objectives for my overall business? So there's this fluid line. There is, a, a, there is no distinction between your physical business, whether it's, you know, a service that you provide and this online business. So I know that you guys talk a lot about online marketing. I think that it's just marketing. So the, that's one mistake I think that people really make is thinking they just check it off and, and they don't understand that they're then going to be accountable for how to use this tool. Um, 
the other mistake I think people make is, again, isolating the website from the world of social media and the world of Google. And truly, if they just think of their website as this isolated thing, it's like, it doesn't matter how beautiful you make it. It would be like an island surrounded by a moat. <laughs> so sure. Right? It has to have bridges. You have to understand that once it's built, how are you going to engage and share it with your audience? And how will you find them? And how will you invite them back? So right. same thing with social media. If you just focus on building fans, but you don't think out a plan to invite them back to your website where the actual transaction takes place, yeah. then you could have a million fans, but if they're just <clears throat> seeing pictures of puppies and your latest meal, you're really missing the opportunity. <laughs> and same with Google. If you don't, you know, that's, I say, I, I pretty much think that's the weakest area for most businesses. They know they've got Google analytics, but they don't know how to read them. They kind of turn them on and ignore them. And if, if that's the case, then you're really missing the biggest opportunity, which is that Google has replaced the phone book. That is where people go to find what they need. And so if you don't take some accountability for how that information will be presented on Google and you don't optimize your website, meaning you prepare it in a certain way, then people will go to Google and search for you and you know you might be embarrassed or it might be incorrect information or it might just not be how you'd like it to be and that again is missing the opportunity so for me the mistake is thinking that these are isolated or or separate and it's all one thing you stand in the sweet spot where your website social media and google intersect that's how you want to manage your website very good I like the point you made about treating your website like another brick and mortar. And I think that there's this, I think that's beginning to, and you can come you can agree with me or disagree with me, Greta Rose, but I, I think that uh, a lot of website owners, businesses, entrepreneurs uh, that had websites back when they had to get them back in, let's say the early, early two thousands, uh, late nineties, mm -hmm. early two thousands when this, this whole internet, Things started catching on and businesses, business owners really started to uh, uh, jump on board and the, you had to have a website or you should have a website back then. And, and, and it was more like, uh, I think back when fax machines came out where you kind of needed to have one and then you had a dependency on them and then now they're obsolete. <laughs> so do you feel like there's a, a mind shift going on, but maybe it's taking longer than for, for some than others? of this, this brick and mortar, that this is a, a, another revenue stream. This is like opening another location. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think you've really hit it on the head where, um, you know, this is overwhelming. There's this speed that technology is just, it's almost like this whirlwind. And I don't know which comes first, the chicken or the egg. You know, I don't know if we are causing this speed to increase ourselves and we're just caught in this catch 22, but Nonetheless, this is happening and change is, I don't want to say painful, but it's definitely uncomfortable and we tend sure. to avoid it. And so there are those of us who will embrace change and just kind of jump on the next latest thing. And then those of us who sort of trail behind begrudgingly like, oh gosh, do I have to do this? And it reminds me of 
like I myself, so I, back in the day, I had this really impressive tape deck collection. Like I, I made my own tapes and I loved my tapes and I had them organized on my wall in my college dorm room. And then, nice. you know, these CDs came out like, what? <laughs> right. What are these? What am I going to do with these? And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And I had my double tape deck boom box. And like, <laughs> you were heavily invested. <laughs> exactly. I love it. And I held out. Like I was probably the last person to to migrate to the CD trend. And then as soon as I did, you know what happened? Like, <laughs> and there was exactly. this iPod thing. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> Your CDs are all obsolete. Where are you going to hang those? I know. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think there is this, there are those businesses that are going to hold out and see what's going to actually stick. And sometimes that's a good thing to do because we get things like Google plus, which has its value, but no one actually reads. Right. And then you have things that like, yeah, you're going to need to know this stuff. It's going to be very important. Oh, for sure. And so you kind of touch on what, what I like to call the, the, the non-technical individual that I, I think is oftentimes intimidated by technology. What, what message would you say to, to that person that, that might be fearful of approaching, adopting some of these things we're talking about? Um, what, what would yeah. be some words of wisdom we could shed on them? Well, first, I really empathize. I myself did not know that I, I was going to love this as much as I do. I do, you know, my background, like I said, it was in the entertainment industry. I was much more comfortable sort of playing in this world of, of theater and film and TV and to put myself behind the camera and really understanding in this world of technology, I get it. But if I can do it, anyone can do it. The thing that I would say is that technology reminds me of SAT prep. Okay. (laughs) I made the fatal mistake when I was prepping for the SATs way back, way back when, that I would take vocabulary words and I would memorize them. So I found this book with the quote unquote must, most used SAT words. And I sat down at the beginning and I just memorized them. I got really into the granular nitty gritty of thinking I had to learn this one thing. And to my horror, not a single word was on my SATs. Oh, no. And so I panicked and I felt like I, oh, it was a horrible experience. Whereas my friends who had taken more of a high level approach, they took the word and they, they studied the architecture of the word, the derivations, they studied the Latin. So you could throw any word at them and they would look back at the, they would deconstruct that word and they could derive based on the multiple choice options, which one was most likely the answer. So I would say that we would approach technology the same way. We don't have to worry so much about, you know, is it going to be a tape deck or a CD or an MP3? But if we understand that this is about problem solving and it's a very, um, I now approach it, I get excited by technology. I feel like I am a detective. 
And I trust that if I just stick with it long enough that I will figure it out. And so I would say that if you, if you're a woman and you have a purse (laughs) and that purse is most likely supplied with just about anything that you could possibly need. And I'm being very stereotypical, but I can say this because I'm a woman with sure. a purse and I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Ken's wife has a couple purses. He just knows. It really is approaching your, your online world the same way. You don't necessarily have to have to, to know the answer, but you need to know, you need to learn certain skills to be able to solve the problem. And I believe everyone can do that. Awesome. I agree with you too. It's breaking it down. It's an interesting story about the SAT uh, that, that you just told because uh, <laughs> I, 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 w- I could definitely see myself doing something along those lines being, you know, the surefire way, the sure, this is the, 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 the ticket right here that I'll, I'll just approach. And then the horror, man, you must've had a, a pit in your stomach, the size of, uh, I don't even know what I could compare it to during the <laughs> exam. Yeah, it was definitely, um, it's, it's not, it was a valuable lesson to learn. And it's one that I still carry with me all these years later, because I know that, that, um, you know, really applies. Like don't focus so much on the granular level to the degree that you don't miss the big picture. I need to know how, how, you know, really comes back to marketing, you know, what is marketing about? Marketing is about telling a story and it's about a little bit of mystery and intrigue and delivering a solution to somebody's problem. And it really doesn't matter how we deliver that, right? We could, I could go back to doing door hangers and flyers on windshields if I needed to. That's why I think there are these Uh, marketing strategies out there, some campaign will go viral. And we all want to know, oh, what was their secret? Their secret was that it had heart, that it had a story, that it delivered. It just, maybe it made us laugh. It was an emotional experience. And then it gained momentum. And there really is no formula. There's no way that people try and copy the ice bucket challenge. They won't. It won't work. (laughs) Right. It's just getting back to the fundamentals. And so, yeah, we're going to learn some new tools. I think, you know, Ken, you said that um, it didn't used to be required to have a website at all. And now it is. Now email is a normal thing. Having a mobile phone is a normal thing. You know, I think there's a flow of technology and we need to, we're all, you got to put on your big pants. You're in business. You're going to accept the reality that change is happening. Mm-hmm. And always, always remember the fundamentals. I love the fact you brought up the fundamentals because it's so true. And when you really step back and look at it all, it's, I think so many individuals that I speak to get frustrated because they every they, every time they turn around, they think there's a new platform that comes out that they have to pay attention to now. And there's a a new, you know, like it's a new viral something or else's works that they need to try to yeah. deconstruct to, yeah. to get mm-hmm. that formula. I think of the Dollar Shave Club video every time I think of a viral video because <laughs> when I first saw that video, I was like, this is genius. 
And I instantly wanted to do one because I'm like, this is so simple. It works. And then you start sitting back thinking, you know, like the ice bucket challenge, like, you know, it worked, all the stars aligned for that to work well. And it, it, it just Mm -hmm. hit, hit right. But when you think about it, the fundamentals of marketing has, has never changed and they never will change. It's just the mediums in which we deliver our messages. We tell our stories that you, you made reference to. Uh, Exactly. That's the exciting part about it. And I think, much like the your friends that uh, studied the the foundational components of the words, they can then interpret it through no no matter what they're kind of pitched, right? Exactly. Awesome, awesome stuff. Now we talk big picture, but I I, I want to sh- maybe shift gears just a touch because you know marketing and strategies strategies are composed of specific different types of tactics, and I totally i'm gonna do a 180 because it says it doesn't matter what <laughs> what's the new and latest but we we kind of have to pay attention a little bit of attention to to, to kind of what's might come up might be coming up in order to maybe capitalize on some opportunities maybe we can become the next dollar shave club or ice bucket challenge in our own way but we have to be able to identify maybe where some opportunities lie in these different mediums so Greta Rose, what do you what do you see are some of the biggest opportunities for online marketing happening right now? And do you see any current trends that everyone's obsessed about or are currently really strong fading out or on their way out the door? Yes, to both. So um, I think that the most important trend right now that is coming in is mobile design, mobile friendliness. Everything is geared towards mobile. What you see with Google and Facebook um, and other, you know, the largest companies in the game is that they are designing and providing resources now that are for mobile only, meaning that they're not even worrying about larger devices because what they know is that people, you do not see a person without a mobile phone. Right? Like that is on their person at all times. And so Google has what they call micro moments. They understand that if we can be the solution to the problem right at that moment when a person is in their life and they go and they pick up their phone, boom, that is where we can have a, a spike in a transaction. That is where we can influence their buying decision. So for marketing, you know, for me, of course, I look at all three, like I said, the website, social media, Google, for design, I see the importance of really designing for mobile first, like really, really forget about the larger device. If you design for the mobile, the the user experience, both the, the functionality as well as the design, how can we make ourselves as simple, clean, clear, and direct, right then and there on the mobile phone. And then of course, of course you do need to have a design for the larger device. What I see going out is the responsive design. So when I first hung my shingle out, I even changed, my name used to be Greta Rose responsive design. It was such a big thing. There was this design where you would shrink down a large, a large website and you could shrink it down and things kind of move and migrate and stack on top of each other. You know what I mean? Right. 
So we have this responsive design that is going out the door. Google has initiated this, um, it's accelerated mobile pages. It's an open source initiative. So it's called AMP. So listen clearly, because people are going to need to know how to have an AMP mobile site in addition to their regular large website. And they may freak out and be like, no, but it's going to be an easier and easier thing. So people who are used to WordPress, there's probably just going to be a plugin that does it for you. It won't really be that big of a deal. And people who have more extensive websites are going to get have to get used to the idea that they're going to clear out all that clutter. People don't want to know about it. They're going to choose just the minimal, just the, the one clean, clear message. And that's what they're going to put on their phone. Facebook. Uh, so three things to keep your eye out for. AMP, which is accelerated mobile pages. And that comes through Google. And then Facebook, things like Canvas and Instant Articles are um, for Facebook. And it's, again, for mobile-only ways of presenting information. And it ties into Facebook advertising. Great insights. I can see a lot of, you mentioned some change again. And uh, as we discussed in our couple previous points uh, it's something we have to get used to is is the continual movement of the, uh, the, the I guess we could even call it a target. It's, it's constantly evolving and changing. So mm-hmm. it's exciting. But, you know, you start uh, thinking about chicken and egg. What's driving this change? And we consumers are because we're demanding that, uh, that advancement of technology and we're becoming mobile users first over the desktop because we all have the mobile devices, but nobody walks around with a laptop in their hands looking for things. I know. I know. Yeah. I mean, I, but at the same time, (laughs) now that I have turned, I, I have crossed the 40 line. Um, I have to wear glasses and I didn't have to used to wear, I didn't used to have to wear glasses. And so I also want my mobile phone to be really clean and clear and easy to read. So what I love about this trend in this direction is like, let's cut out the crap. Let's just get to the heart of the issue, solve my problem and give it to me now. (laughs) Absolutely. Solve problems. That's what we're looking for. Yeah. So a lot of our listening audience is our, our small business owners or entrepreneurs that you and I both know it, time is the most important thing um, that that we possess. It's our most valuable resource. And dealing with individuals and their marketing, uh, especially those that are doing it on their own, sometimes that marketing gets pushed to the back burner in favor of other things that are deemed more important. And while it's so very important to devote some time, I would ask if you could share what you think your number one recommended marketing strategy or what you would recommend to be implemented for a time-strapped business owner entrepreneur that might only have, let's say, a handful of hours per week that they could devote towards their marketing. I have one thing to say in 73 parts. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. 
Let's start at the um, beginning then. <laughs> no, I think the very, very most important thing is to set aside to allocate a minimum of one hour a week dedicated solely to your web presence. That can be what you do within that hour. There's no end, you know, there are lots of things to do within that hour. But the first thing is to schedule it. I like to make it a recurring appointment on my calendar that I, it's, it's precious to me. I don't, I don't overbook. I show up, I'm on time for myself and I make sure that I have at least one hour a week that is looking at this stuff. And I say that because most businesses don't. So they, they have this sense of overwhelm and stress because they are literally not spending a moment on their web presence. It's just running itself. So back to the brick and mortar analogy, their brick and mortar is collecting dust. It's getting the orange hazard tape across the front door. You know, it's looking horrible and that's going to cause a lot of stress and anxiety if you know that that's happening. So let's show up for one hour a week and look at things. Then I would say the other uh, you know, that saying measure twice, cut once. Sure. I think that for people who don't have a lot of time, I mean, who does? I don't have any time. What we can do is we can spend as much time planning and thinking. I, I think that a lot of people get stuck in these tasks, these to-dos. They have meetings and calls and their days, and they're just looking at an email inbox overflowing. And they the day has been spent without having any creative thinking time. So I found that carving out, this is separate from that one hour. So this is a second suggestion that they build into their, their year sometime when they're going to really think and plan. And the more they can think about their online marketing strategy, the more they can create an annual media plan where they really understand the seasonal uh, peaks and valleys of when their ideal customers will be wanting things, whatever their blackout dates for their vacations and their holidays, they're able to chisel out a plan that then is very simple and efficient to execute. So I would say really spending the most time I set aside, um, typically it's between Thanksgiving and Christmas where I set aside a two week period of time where I just plan out the next year. Nice. And then the third thing I would say, um, I really, again, want to emphasize that your website is a tool to be used in the bigger picture. So when people come to me and they say they need a website, my very first question is, why? Prove to me that you need a website. What do you need this website to actually do? How will it serve you? And I ask them the following question. I say, what is your objective for your life and your business? What are your objectives? What are you hoping to achieve? Then I ask them, what assets do you currently have that can further that objective? And it's only number three when we say, the only, you know, the third step in this process where I say, okay, what assets do you need that you don't have? And maybe the website falls in there. So it's really just a step, it's a cog in furthering their objectives for their, their lives and their business. 
And then we continue the process after we've built it to say, how are we going to share it with your ideal customer? And then we finally say, and how are we going to measure the success? How will we know when we have actually arrived that we have achieved your objectives? And when we get there, will your objectives have changed possibly, or will we know how to uh, maybe there we go back to the beginning and we redefine your objectives and your assets and how we will share and engage. And it becomes this wonderful cycle. I found that that really helps center people where they, they're, again, not looking at their website like this foreign, strange monster in the corner. It's this fluid tool that integrates with their whole business. And it really starts with what do you want for your life and your business and how can we use certain tools to, to help you? I like how you position that. It's so true. The, the businesses look at web, getting a website designed or redesigned or working on it. I think similar to doing their taxes sometimes. And oh, so yeah. it's, it's an event, <laughs> not, uh, not part of a, a, a system. And so it's, it's so very true. And, and I, I really like, how you position that as uh, it being a tool to help them get to where they want to go and how yeah. they integrate that in. That's Excellent. a great analogy. You're right. They do. They see it like <laughs> taxes. And then there's that relief when you stick it in the mail and you're like, Oh, it's, it's done. done. <laughs> it's done. Another year. Love it. And I can follow the extension if I need to. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, I got to apologize. I've been cutting in and out, guys, but uh, I think that we're getting pretty close to time. Hey, Greta Rose, if you had one piece of parting advice to our listening audience, what would that be? Oh, I would say that less is more to always bring the humanity to your online marketing. It's not a formula. It is literally bring yourself yeah. Tell your story. And to remember that, um, you know, marketing is when we tell a story versus just throwing information at people, when, when we make it emotional and personal, people will want to hear what we have to say. Awesome advice. I love it. Love it. Love it. What is the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? Should they go to your website? How do they purchase your book? Tell us a little bit about it. Well, if they go to Amazon and they, so amazon.com is probably the best place, although you can get it on uh, iTunes and barnesandnoble.com as well, but um, amazon.com and just type in manage website. I think I come up first. So it's how to manage your own website, Greta Rose. Um, and then, yeah, I'd love to have people come to my website, which is gretarose.com. And I've just started a new initiative called GPS, which is Greta Personal Support. It's 20 bucks a month subscription service where it's like a dear Abby for small businesses where they can ask anything and I'll point them in the right direction and give them some tips and it's a good thing. Awesome. That sounds great. Sounds great. All right, Neon Noise Nation, we enjoyed our conversation today with Greta Rose. Be sure to go over and check her out at our website at www.gretarose.com. Greta Rose, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you both so much. It was a really fun conversation. 
Good stuff. As always, we will have the show notes available today at neongoldfish.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, this is Justin, Ken, and Greta Rose signing off. Neon Noise Nation, we will see you again next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Neon Noise Podcast. Did you enjoy the podcast? If so, please subscribe, share with a friend, or write a review. We want to cover the topics you want to hear. If you have an idea for a topic you'd like Justin and Ken to cover, connect with us on Twitter at Neon Goldfish or through our website at neongoldfish.com.